0: His name has been Riley. And for two months, he fought a villain he couldn't defeat, bad storytelling. This episode covers Cyber War, the second story of the Scarlet Spider months. This also will cover issue three of the Green Goblin. So join me as we embark with the CSC guys on the final act before the return of spider-man episode 35 cyber war whoa i don't think i even want to hear your story all of you must hear the scarlet spider story my name is ben riley i'm related to this reality's peter parker how i'm his clone or maybe he's my clone we're not sure I'm the real Spider-Man. I don't know what kind of mind game this is, but I'm the real Spider-Man. The real Peter Parker. You see? Clones. I thought I was that clone. I tried to stay out of Peter's life by taking on a new identity. I dyed my hair, changed my name to Ben Riley. When I became a costume hero of the Scarlet Spider, it really made him angry. But the next big blow came from Dr. Kurt Connors. He discovered
1: that, according to our genetic structures, it might be Peter who was the clone, not me.
0: That news pushed Peter Parker over the edge. Now he hated me with a passion. This is starting to sound like a bad comic book plot. It gets worse. Why didn't
2: you just tell me I was a clone?
0: The cloning process has proven unstable. You're of heads to the 35th episode of Clone Saga Chronicles, the podcast. I am your host, Zach Joyner. and I'm joined this episode live on location with uh, Joshua Labbertone.
1: Hello, all. I was got, for some reason I was thinking of saying an Iron Man quote. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> nice.
0: Uh, we have got uh, Donovan Morgan Grant. I'm also here with Josh, as always, and Gerard De La Tour. Oh, I'm so but tired. <laughs> all right, so here we go. We're going to be covering five issues. I know I said at the end of last episode we were covering four, but there's actually five issues we're covering this episode. We're covering issues two of Amazing, Spectacular, Web of, an and Adjectivelist Scarlet Spider, as well as issue three of The Green Goblin, which was a 1990 series written by Tom DeFalco. So, all right, without further ado, real quickly, there's no emails, there's no, there's no voicemails, there's no iTunes reviews. What the hell? Somebody wants to kill a puppy. Gerard i'm I, I already have just in case just to make sure I could do it, but there's
3: another one waiting I'll kill another <laughs> I will kill one American puppy each week until my demands are met to qu- to quoteski <laughs> <I'm today. Marikonsky. laughs>
0: in other words, dudes, seriously if you it's, you're the, listening, if it's I...
1: those puppies from the airbud movies then go for it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I I'm just saying we really would like to have some emails, some voicemails, or some iTunes reviews to read on the and li- or listen to on the air. So, seriously, the email address is clone at gmail dot com. The phone number is 818-925-6631. That's 9 clone one.
1: So is that number still in use? Because some of those numbers expire if like they're not used.
0: I just checked it earlier, so yes. Okay.
3: <laughs> if somebody calls it and it ends up being a sex hotline, send us an email and tell us that. It
0: was a sex <laughs> yeah. Or, or if, better if yet,
1: call send us an email making up a story anyway, because it'll probably be really interesting.
0: <laughs> It'd be fun to read on the show. Anyway, that that concludes our you know obligatory hey contact us segment of the show, and we're going to be launching into cyber war. Which is the name of the overall arc of this of this the second Scarlet Spider month? For those that are keeping score, yes, I do know that there is two more months of Web of Scarlet Spider. That's a crossover with the New Warriors. We'll get to that eventually. But for our own <laughs> sanity,
1: better books. I mean, yeah, what?
0: for our own sanity, we're going to do this episode and we're going to finally get into the Ben Riley of Spider Man stuff because all of us are really, really just. Yeah, we want to get into good good stuff. So, without further ado, Gerard, you have the first recap of Web of Scrawl Spider Number Two.
3: And unfortunately, Web of Straws Spider Number Two, or as it's called, Cyber War Part One: True Deceptions. Oh yeah, yeah there's another True Lies. Right? I didn't even realize that. Uh, it. Has a, <laughs> so, it a plot by Tom DeFalco. It's scripted by Todd Dezago, who you know his go-to when he doesn't feel like writing any of this crap. Uh, breakdown, <laughs> breakdowns by Tom Morgan. Finishes by Randy Emberlin, Hector Colazzo, and Don Hudson. Yeah, it's always great when you start seeing a lot of Inker names. Uh, colored As evidenced by last episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. Colored <laughs> seven Inkers for that one issue? Yeah. Colored yeah. by Kevin Tin- Tinsley and somebody called Chi. I don't know if that's an actual person or if it's like a, uh, like an Alan Smithy of somebody who doesn't want to have their name used. And it has color separations by Malibu, of course. And I don't know what they were separating, because the colors are bland as hell. We'll get into that. Uh, we begin with Seward Trainer, brain-dead in a bed and hooked up with a cyber helmet and a half-dozen computer monitors with conflicting line graphs on them. Seward is getting his Freakazoid on and traveling cyberspace as a naked pinkish-purple lightning guy. <laughs> yes, Freakazoid will be Check out Trainer,
0: <laughs> their computer race. <laughs> His daughter's doctor. Cyber- he likes cyberspace.
3: Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Back in reality, Ben Riley feverishly works at a computer to find Seaword Somehow, I don't know how you plan on doing that. But he gives He's up after
1: <laughs> C Seaword trainer.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's like, well, I'm at that. That's that's all I can do for today.
3: Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because he gives <laughs> up immediately and leaves. Over at Club Noir, the evil guys are planning evil things. But Ken Ellis and Angela Yin show up to ask questions about what went down at the club in the, the previous month, stories that we covered a couple episodes ago. Mr. So sends his lackey, Orlando, to take care of them while he walks around somewhere off-panel and then disappears. Ben arrives, but Angela Spotsman thinks he's Peter, something that does not go unnoticed by Orlando. She she agrees to, like, you know, cover him by not telling Ken Ellis that he was there and blah, blah, blah drama. <laughs> Uh, Mr. So goes to visit Alistair Smythe, who's an uptown girl living in an uptown world. <laughs> <laughs> no, sir, he leaves, he's like, I'm going...
1: And <laughs> she's walking, she's walking so fine. <laughs> fine
3: <yeah. laughs> they keep saying this, he's like, I'm going uptown, and then they're like, you know, the next caption's like, uptown somewhere, and I'm like, ah, no one actually says this in, in New York. Uh, he goes to visit him, and, uh... Smite inexplicably begins to exposit who he is and like what his goals are to sew for some reason. But then the writers just give up and the scene ends anyway, so it was kind of pointless. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Docok is furious because she really wants those chips. And, you know, presumably some beer to wash him down with. I don't know. That. Which she... and,
0: and some dip and, and some some hot dogs. Well, as of
3: our recording this, the Super Bowl is this
0: weekend, so she
3: probably needs the chips for her really bitchin' party. She needs to, to use them so she can science a virtual reality wave generator, as she calls it. Uh, Mr. So decides to set up a meeting with Ack while Orlando uses the power of the Internet to try to dig up info on Ben. <laughs> I don't even know how to describe this scene, so here's my best attempt. C-word, since... Much like Man-Thing is the protector of the Everglades Seaward is now apparently the protector of the internet so he connects, to, <laughs> he connects to a bunch of computers everywhere to create a, a fake history trail for Ben, so that when this guy is looking him up, suddenly all this fake stuff will start coming up. Because
0: that's how the internet works.
3: <laughs> I, like, there's, there's, a, there's a panel
0: of sewer like, straying, he's like, Arr! and they show a bunch of computers, and he's like... He, he's like that's that's him trying to take a dump, because that's what this book is. I'm sorry, I keep interrupting. <laughs> yeah,
3: uh, yeah. It doesn't matter, honestly. Uh, Everybody meets at the children's zoo in Central Park, but of course... It's a trap! The Scarlet Spider shows up and is attacked by Aura, Override, and and that other guy. (laughs) I I actually wrote that other guy in my notes. I don't remember who the hell that dude is. The the looter. Oh, right! Of of course. You
1: know, the Deledico villain.
3: (laughs) (laughs) But the guy who doesn't look anything like the looter anymore, of course. All right, let me write down, and the looter. And some cyber slayers being very hilariously controlled by Mr. So and, and uh, Smite using cyber helmets. And by the way, my overuse of the word cyber in this recap is actually f- carried over from the comic itself. I'm not doing this intentionally. Uh, however, <laughs> the cops the cop show up pretty quickly for a change, and everyone escapes except for Aura, Override, and the looter. Ock is pissed and swears revenge on the Scarlet Spider for some reason. End of the issue. Yeah, yeah. like because that makes no sense, right? She's, She's like, like, I'll right. swear revenge on whoever set this whole thing up. The guy who called me, right? No, 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 the other dude. It's like,
0: yeah. <laughs> he keeps interfering with my plans for the last time.
3: Okay, you started that sentence as Admiral Ackbar, and you ended it as Seaward trainer. I'm so
0: confused. No, I, I, I ended that more as, like, uh, what's his name from Men in Black? Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, uh yeah, riptor,
1: Yeah, Ripthorne. <laughs>
0: If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. <laughs> this is my house, right? Give me your fucking money. <laughs> oh wait, that was real life,
3: I'm sorry. What? <laughs> yeah, you didn't know this? He got really, he got really shit-faced drunk one day and, and just walked into a bank thinking it was his house and he was waving a gun around They had to arrest him.
1: Yeah, he I thought it was sure. his house? Well, he must have had a good I lawyer. Heard I heard about he, that. He'd, he'd like, he'd robbing a bank. It's like, no, 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 no. He thought it was his house. Why was he getting a gun out and saying, give me all your
0: money? That's, I was that's just defending my now home. He comes
2: home. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, it's looking
0: up one day. They just slapped cyber war on it. Uh,
2: so Don, give us your first. You really shouldn't have done that. Um, give us your thoughts. Uh, my, my thoughts are going to be uh, uh, Xerox throughout these reviews, and that like I thought this was crap. Um, <laughs> it, it, by this point, you know, I remember when these books came out, and I always had the impression that I was somebody who was going to understand everything when I was older, and that these books weren't nearly as boring as they looked. And um, 15 years later, I was wrong. Like, this just... <laughs> it, 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 this, this sucks. <laughs> like, it's, it's not interesting. You know, the, the gang war is not interesting. The cyber war is not interesting. Like, I'd love to know who the nerd was in the comics industry uh, fandom who, like, gets turned on by the word cyber. Like because like to, to me that's like you know oh okay stuff I'm not going to understand okay whatever, it's uh, that's annoying. Um, the artwork is is just bland and kind of mediocre. It's not terrible, but like it's not good. There's one thing that's kind of interesting to me is like like uh, Ben's normal life where he kind of runs into Angela Yen, and he has you know oh I, I gotta be late for, I'm late for my job which I don't like. I I, I kind of find that interesting because that's something for me to kind of attach to, but there's so little of it that's cluttered in between the Doctor Octopus it's so. Uh, Looter, SeaWorld Trainer, Reboot crap that like, it's like, what exactly do they want us to like about this comic? It feels like it's just, just padding time until we see Ben in the webs. And like, it just, it's just, I mean, like you know, if they gave us like a rote, you know, cliched story, that would at least be like, would probably, probably be more interesting than like this very convoluted, gangster. St- I mean, it feels that like every scene puts on airs so to like this is an important thing you should pay attention to, but they didn't get they didn't give enough substance to it to make it that. So like it just It's just bland, boring, and awful. I mean, like I I barely remember honestly what happens in these issues, and um... yeah, and you just read them not too long ago. I mean, that's... yeah, and, and that, that's yeah. not that's not me being late. I could be me being late, but like I mean, I. I really don't know the, the logistics of the plot. Besides, that. and people might hear that says, "Oh, he doesn't want to read the comics." Like I read the comics, but like you know, Smythe wants to beef with Doctor Octopus over virtual reality. Why? Because virtual reality gives him immortality or omnipotence. It's like, I mean, even if that's the case, that's stupid. So it's like you no, know, <laughs> it's, it's not. It's not worth reading. I mean, okay, Scarlet has is on odds with the cost, but like. That's that's in every Spider-Man comic you've ever read. So like it just that just sucks. And, and the, the,
0: Okay, and I we talked about this two episodes ago, but I'll bring it up again. This whole Scarlet Spider books were a giant marketing ploy because the of Age of Apocalypse and the PR guys basically said, well let's let's squeeze out you know one last you know drop of of blood. In this, uh, with this Scarlet Spider character, and let's, let's slap his name and, and capitalize on the brand. So much so that they even did, again, like I mentioned earlier, two more months of Scarlet, of Weather of Scarlet Spider, even though there wasn't a Scarlet Spider in those. Wait, what? Anyway, so, the. And, and I, I'm gonna bring up the trades for a minute because I, I own all the trades. If you bought the complete Ben Reilly Epic Book 1 and still picked it up after that, God bless you. Because. Three quarters. Well, no, no. Like ninety percent of this of 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 that book is the two Scarlet Spider months. The only thing that probably is even remotely redeemable about that is that you have the uh, Wizard one half. You know, pre- five page preview for the new title coming soon, and then they have the the new title launch at the end. But which is kind of cheap because it's like. Basically, they made it to where you almost you had to get uh, Ben Rally Epic book one to get the full story, instead of jumping and jumping straight into Ben Rally Epic book two, where you get you know with Ben Raleigh as Spider Man, like sons of bitches, you, <laughs> right? It's like
1: oh, aw. They, yeah. they, they do,
0: they do. Although, I mean, t- t-
1: to be fair, you know, it's. E- I think that if you're gonna do like the complete clone saga, you need to include this stuff. Otherwise, it's a cop out. Like when they finally did the complete Nightfall, but whoops, let's leave out Night Quest The Search, you know, for no reason. Right. That, that was fine. Right.
0: A yeah, I I I remember that. Like they included the Pro- the prodigal storyline, but they didn't include <laughs> the-
1: they included the sequel, but not like you know a major part of the main. Story.
2: They, don't, they don't they don't they don't tell the part where that when Bruce gets back, he's just all of a sudden yeah.
1: suddenly <laughs> when- there. When Bruce gets his back back and, like, you know, his love interest, you know, becomes, like, a vegetable. mentally cat. But, you know.
0: Yeah. That doesn't make it, you know, like, I, I remember reading, I bought those three trades, thinking, all right, you know, nightfall. And then I'm like, wait, how did Bruce get back? What?
1: There'll be plenty of time for explanations later, Dick.
0: There was there was, <laughs> there,
1: there, there was, there was an old man, you know, in a cave, and he, like, he did some chiropractic thing on my back. He hung me on a rope.
0: It was immortalized in The Dark Knight Rises.
3: Ugh.
1: Sorry. <laughs> now well, <come> surely,
3: <laughs> if my, surely if my back was broken, the same could be done for Barbara. Oh, oh, shit! Don't mention oh.
1: this.
0: <laughs> you, all right. Anyway, do, do 50 um, what now? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, so Josh, you know, you give us your your uh, your thoughts. Remember, remember,
1: remember your thoughts. last issue of Web with that awesome cover? We're like, wow. You know, these books sucks, but this is such an iconic cover for Scarlet Spider. You know, I love this image. this is so awesome. Um, yeah, so all, all the quality went to that month this month. the cover's horrible, the inking is bad. Um, so you know, good job. One thing about the nineties is that like even when the books were bad, there was a lot of interesting covers then, but not here. Um, the scene was ridiculous where Ben Riley like runs into Angela Yin, and she just like does all the talking for him, like the explanation,
0: oh yeah yes, exactly. you're,
1: you're here. Well, don't worry. You don't have to do an explanation. Let let me say an explanation and not give you any chance to say anything. Don't worry. Your secret is safe with me, and I'm not gonna, you know, listen for you to confirm or deny that this is indeed your secret.
0: Yeah, what is with Angela Yin and this obsession with her? I think the only thing that she ever did of note was being the cousin of Dragonfly, the character that appeared after the Clone Saga.
1: Um, there- I mean, I don't, I don't mind a different person at the Daily Bugle because I, one thing that I complain about is when Spider-Man books have. The same, you know, five supporting characters. You know, the Daily Bugle needs a rounder supporting cast, which they lost yep. during the layoff storyline.
3: Plus, yeah. plus they needed to have another photographer for the Daily Bugle because Peter was out of town and uh, Lance Bannon was dead by this point.
1: Cyber Slayers, yeah, because, you know, that's a um, very, very 90s thing to have. <laughs> um, it's so 90s. I seem to remember that that Seaward um, creating Ben Riley's social security number actually becomes a plot point during, like, the regular Spider-Man books. So, uh, that'll come back.
0: Uh, yeah, there's there's things that will come back through with the story arc. So it's like, if you want to know, I mean, I remember you covering this on another show about Stunner, which we'll talk about in the next ep- uh, next issue, but but that's a really kind of significant piece to her history and you have to read that book to kind of under- fully understand it. You have it. to read it. Yeah, you have to read it. I mean, it's Dan slot all over again. He tells you you have to read it. You're going to read it. You're not um, sorry. <laughs>
1: I'm
0: not sorry
1: I never apologize.
0: I never apologize for anything I do.
1: <laughs> well, if you wanted to make Gerard cry, mission accomplished.
0: <laughs> i'm not crying i'm just filled with boiling rage okay oh, you're great it gets an f oh i didn't, I didn't give him a great I, I, I said that's a d okay it's a d for you yes all right so Jorah, give us your thoughts about uh,
3: um I, I pretty much have to just echo what everybody else said like the right the, the, the writing especially is just wow i mean now granted it was entertaining because some of the dialogue is just so bad that it's funny and I, I, don't, I don't have, I don't know why, for some reason I don't have the book in front of you open right now, but, like, if you can, readers, even though you really shouldn't read all these books, because they're just terrible garbage, oh. you should... <laughs> just that just that opening page with uh, C-Word trainer in the bed. Like, oh my th- God. There are some amazing lines in here. Like, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> Days ago, the man known as Dr. Seward-Trainer was spirited away to the electronic realm of cyberspace. There, along with his friend Ben Riley, the spectacular Scroats fighter, he was made to do battle. But when the battle was won, Seward's mind was lost, a casualty of cybernetic trauma. What does that even mean? (laughs) That encapsulates this
0: entire arc right there. It's like, what does any of that mean? You know what was bad? Like, when I was reading that page, I was doing it in the Connery voice, so it, w- it made it even more amusing to me. <laughs> it's like, it's like, for all intents and purposes, see what trainer is brain dead, But there would seem to be much more than meets the eye. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> this third eye scout in ten minutes. I must have started irritating my mysterious fog with my presence in the system, trying to find me and monitor me. I mean, come on. that's... that's, 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 that's
3: <laughs> my, I, I, but, but my favorite is is on the actual title splash page. They have Ben Riley, who's like he's wearing a like a like a Cerebro like looking helmet, and he's hunched over a, a really poorly drawn keyboard and a really tiny monitor. Like yeah, like, out, like, like, like from 1984. Yeah, it looks like like an, it looks like an Apple II. He's working on. I <laughs> was just about. to say that. <laughs> And the, and the caption says now, however, he is the hacker du jour, trying desperately to locate his friend on the internet. Well, until in the, the internet, internet, to know of him, <laughs> what? because that's how the
1: internet works.
0: What? Why?
1: I've been Googling c trainer for hours. Oh, maybe I should try Yahoo search. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, because Google wasn't a thing and,
1: and, then. And like. then, like Microsoft is like saying, use Bing. Nah, no, nah, I'm not going to find c word there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Switch to big now, and,
3: and then he, and then he just immediately gives up, puts his helmet down. And he goes, "Well, I know you're in there somewhere. I just hope you know what you're doing." It's like what? Do what would he be doing in the? In- oh, I don't know. I
0: And no, can we talk about this? I mean, I know this is kind of the elephant in the room, but I mean, Ben Riley, played by Lorenzo Lamas. I mean, come on, guys. <laughs> yeah, it's El- his hair is looking very luxurious in this. In this <laughs>
1: I agree, right. knowing who Lorenzo Llamas is and being a big fan of the movie Renegade, which I have seen him before in my life.
2: It's, a t- it's like a six-season television series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the,
3: the art in this is, is quite bad. Um, Tom Morgan, uh, the only thing I really know him from is around, probably around this time, actually. It must have been the last thing he had done. He was the artist on uh, Punisher 2099. And his art, his art did not look this bad. Like he's only doing breakdowns here, so I'm just assuming that they just they broke into his house and put a gun to his head and is like, "We have your wife. You will draw this issue, or you know, something like that." I want to play a game. They gave him like a week or something to draw this, and that was Mm. because this art is quite bad. They're they're three inkers, so of course it doesn't even look consistent from page to page. But they're especially the the the. cyber slayers and that whole battle sequence just make no sense I, I I couldn't follow it I had to read it a couple times just to know what was happening um, <laughs> everything worse
2: th- artwork but like I mean th- 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 this is like a step below acceptable
3: yeah yeah I would say that because Tom Morgan is not a terrible penciler but he just got thrown into a terrible story so he could do better uh,
1: yeah um,
3: I- <laughs> cyber everything <laughs> It was like we have the Cyber Slayers going through cyber space to chase the cyber helmet with the cyber chips that we need. This oh, <laughs> you know th- there are synonyms. You know there's this thing called a uh, there's a thing
0: called a thesaurus. You see, and you use it. Yeah, but, you use but back then you know many
3: times back. <laughs>
0: you can... Well, back then in 1994, cyber was just you know everything was cyber man. No, no. Did cyber...
1: else used to read Marvel cyber comics? <sighs>
0: Don't, I never did. Don't. Oh, oh! Is Jamar going to rage over cyber comics? What's wrong with cyber comics? <laughs> no, I'm just no. Don't even bring that into
3: it, because then I'm going to start going on a rant about modern, the digital comics. Just don't make me
0: do oh. it. Um, What's wrong with digital comics? <laughs> don't, don't don't make me do it. Um, it no, you're insulting both me and Josh because we do digital.
1: He's not. He's not insulting me. He's <laughs> <laughs> <Really? laughs> really? like he is.
0: What what, what, do you, what did
3: you like invent it and you're like you're the chief spot holder yes, or something? Yes, and I, 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 me and she were training. We made it out back there. You know what I'm saying? The but. the problem is they they use it they use the like cyber blank as as a cheap band-aid so they don't have to explain what the hell is happening
2: <laughs> That's exactly what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. It's just like oh
3: it's you know cyber chips and it's like what what cyber chips like what do they do? I don't know.
1: But well, the I, like, entire plot yeah.
3: revolves around it. So,
1: well, the cyber slayers—they're not, they're not. There's nothing cyber about them. They're, they're no different from spider slayers. They're controlled well, no, in the same. But,
3: way. No, no, no. Well, no, 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 the cyber slayers are controlled by really hilarious-looking like VR visors.
1: Well, but we how's that different ah, from, from how they used to ah, control the spider slayers?
3: Well, except that there's not like a, a little like television on their their bellies that have like Mr. Solo's face in it or something. I would have welcomed dude. that. That would have been way better.
1: Than okay, that. dude, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Ben is working for Mr. So, but he... And his job is to protect him, but he doesn't even like the guy, and he's a bad guy. It's a superhero <laughs> whose job is to be a bodyguard for a villain? Oh my <laughs> gosh!
3: You know, I really wish that the captions had at least mentioned this once or twice.
1: Yeah, but but Ben just, had you thought about mean, it yeah. to himself.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, I... I really wish they had touched on it a little more in the story. I know, man. It was it was such a such a glaring error that they didn't actually put that in the, in, the, in either a, a dialogue box or or a thought bubble.
3: <laughs> yeah, but Josh is right though. It's like they're milking so much eggs out of such like a, a stupid cliche. Now, granted, that just fits with the whole renegade thing, because that was the plot of virtually every episode. If you've actually ever seen this show, it's just like, he just uh, rolls into town with his motorcycle. It's like, oh, time to work for, you know, this crime whatever. I know,
2: yeah, he, he would always, like, go undercover as, um, Vincent Black. <laughs> then he would really use, until they find out that he's, he's, uh, 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 his actual name. I forget what it was. And, like, uh, it was, it, he, would, he would go in as a bodyguard, he would go in as, like, a race car driver. It was the same plot.
0: Yeah. Which wasn't that the same plot to the Hulk the nineteen seventies Hulk TV show, essentially.
3: Well no, except like, that he wasn't really going undercover so much as he just showed up and just started jerking around people's
2: lives. <laughs> it was <always> he's,
3: <laughs> he's just working in a car wash and he's just like, Oh, what's this? You're having child problems with child protective services? Let me insinuate myself into your life right now and like mess around. It's like what are you doing, better Come on. <laughs> and you just going to turn into a rage monster and f everything off anyway. <sighs> <Yeah. laughs> I don't have 25 cents! Um, so I don't have 20 Sorry, but uh, yeah, I don't really have much else to say about this issue. Very, very bad. <laughs> I'm giving this one enough.
0: Oh man! <laughs> well, well, let's just let's just make this almost universal because Don was being especially generous by giving it a D. This sucks, and I'm going to give this an F, obviously. But okay, why is why is Secret Trainer like Freakazoid? Why is he like making uh, Minesweeper orbs in out of out of his own pink weird pink fleshy body? Why is he like a naked man running around cyberspace? Uh, just why? And he's also muscular too. I I, I don't I do not like that.
2: It doesn't, make, it doesn't make sense for his
0: character. <laughs> I mean I mean we've made fun of we made fun of the fact that he has a, he has his X Men suit that he like you know you know oh I have to do science well let me go get my
2: suit <laughs> <laughs> let me explain myself I mean this I don't think this like the worst thing ever but it's just boring and awful it's just it's just <laughs> uninteresting it's ugly to look at. And, like, it, it, it puts on airs like, this is like, you know, the stakes are high. It's just like, you know, just give me, like, you know, I'd rather read a story about the Vulture than this, to be honest.
0: Oops. I'd rather
3: read a Spider-Man story. Isn't that what this is
0: supposed to be? Yeah, it is not. I mean, it's, it's it's like a really bad Fantastic Four story. What? Like, what, what? no, 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 let me let, me, let me finish. What kind
1: of Fantastic Four story did, like, Reed Richards wind up? You know, being a bodyguard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. What I mean is, what I mean is, is like, is like if if you had the Fantastic Four in this, like Reed is like, oh, I have, I have now discovered this new dimension of cyberspace, you know, type, type situation.
1: And like, then, Ruby, like, and then Ben say, would say, Reed, that's that, that's the internet. That's not a new dimension.
0: <laughs> I'll <laughs> dub it the cyberverse. Yeah, I don't know, no, man. The Richardsverse. See. Okay, maybe I was wrong about the Fantastic Four comparison, but like, it's just a really bad like '90s. It's a really bad '90s cybernetic enhancement story. Like, like everything that's ever wrong about cyber, like the cyber stuff. And I, I feel like I'm, uh, I need a thesaurus myself. But, but yeah, just. It, uh, and the thing is, is and I, I hate to like give them a pass on this, but apparently, like the deadlines and everything for this story were so horrendous that it's just it just it oozes out of every page, and I think that the artwork is is very it's like they didn't even care about the fact that Web of Spider Man was ending, and and ultimately, even though we have two more issues of Web left, this is a very very crappy way for a very long and successful well not not, not maybe successful title but a very long tenured title in Marvel's history. It ran for over a decade. It's not like it was. Yeah, yeah. Its, very Wait,
1: was, well, its very first issue was. Its very first issue was them the symbiote like at the church, which has been adapted like numerous times. Um, right, it, it, it
0: has a special place in Spider-Man's history, and and for the way the way for it to end like this is just a disgrace.
2: Oh, this is, this um, is the last web issue. I'm sorry, I almost missed that.
1: And yeah, two this is the web-
0: after this yeah
1: forget the epic web of spider-man storylines such as Richard fist, Richard fist becomes Kingpin jr but then it turns out it was blood Rose or who was facade or um, let's see um, um, the, the,
0: the, the uh, identity uh, infinity crusade crossover where oh, yes. you know, um, and,
1: and, and who could forget when Betty Brandt became Rambo and um,
0: Rambo at yeah <laughs> Rambo Ed. Uh what about the art attack story remember that one
1: had good art <laughs> no pun intended
0: yeah i mean i mean um it seemed like every single one of these titles had like a defin- uh, at least one or two definitive runs as with an artist and one and alex savik savik was one of those guys and definitely a fantastic artist very for me to ask uh probably the close the closest kinship to ramita not you know being Remed himself, so... Yeah,
3: unfortunately he's largely forgotten because, well, because he worked on Web of Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thing,
2: mean... It's I... like, you know, there was... Th- I know there are good stories on Web at times, but like, the majority it of was... it, like, there, there were really some really, like, you know, unmemorable runs to kind of just break up the, the entirety of its history. Well done. I yeah, think talk... it was
3: always the third Spider-Man
0: book. It was never...
3: You know what I mean? I mean? It was it was always the third, unequivocally.
0: Well, it was always the little brother of between Spectacular. I mean, even when 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 Jerry Conway was doing both Web and Spectacular,
1: I think most that, people talk I think about that was it. the strongest actually because then it was like another um, um, flagship title,
0: right? Because I
1: mean, like, the stories between it and Spectacular were like bleeding into each other, and then they made the book more essential. And you actually had good stuff right. during the Conway run, like Jonah Chameleon and. Um, um, that one hairy goblin storyline even though it ended weirdly and uh that's when molten man became a good guy right and a i mean
0: outside issue. the conway but but outside the conway run, i mean M- Mackey's run really wasn't that memorable um Mackey did well enough to to warrant him being on uh adjective list whenever uh McFarlane left didn't he take over when mcFarlane left josh
1: uh, Adjectiveless. Uh, it was, the, there was, there was left, and there was, like, lots of people um, that came before Mackie. Uh, Eric Larson had fine. a
3: run on there where he was writing and drawing, right? That's
1: right. Yeah, yeah where Mary Jane of wanted to be naked in a
0: movie. <laughs> it was yeah, like I was naked. I, uh... <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, I want to see the Mary Janes. Ah-ha. Uh-huh. Anyway, um. can, can I
3: interrupt <laughs> for one second? Because I know this sort of applies to every issue in this, but my god, I have to point it out
2: before I forget. The coloring in these issues is so bad. I was gonna say, that, that is the worst aspect of, of the maj- pretty much every issue, singly. Every single issue oh, has the worst no, coloring. Man.
3: Everything Wait. is just pastel, yellows, and, and right. purples. purples. And just really bright and like oh my god, it's really terrible to look at.
0: It's like a really bad nineteen nineties. Comic to book I was <laughs> <I'm> gonna say, <laughs> what are you talking
3: about? Like... This is a bad night. You know what happened? It's one of those things where they're just like, Ooh, we just we bought you know, we bought Malibu for their for the all their coloring crap, so we might as well use it. But they but they didn't use it responsibly, you know what I mean? Where, where they just they got really out of control with with seeing what they had in front of them, and then just not using it properly. And it, it set their coloring back at Marvel for pretty much to the end of the decade, because late 90s yeah. Marvel coloring was terrible.
2: And the around when Peter came back.
3: Well, but that's the thing, though, because a lot of people that worked in this era are now slag the coloring from this era. It's very interesting to always hear people's comments on it, where, like... They'll overprint stories from the late '90s, and they're like, "Oh, that's nice," but I wish they had recolored it because my. Uh, <laughs> and very candidly, which surprises me sometimes, but I'm, I'm failing yeah. like to think of a specific example right now to back up my argument. But it's like midnight; I can't really think straight.
0: Yeah. um far- Well, that leads. Well, uh yeah. Let's let's move on. So, uh, issue number two of Amazing and Spider. Um, <clears throat> the acronymed ASS.
1: Yeah, I know, right?
0: <laughs> I mean, it's just so perfect. And the thing is, is the art's not ASS, but everything else is. So we have writer Tom DeFalco, artist Mark Bagley, inker Larry Malstead. Uh, Mark Bagley did the cover. Uh, Bill Oakley did the lettering. Bob Sharon did the uh co- He was the colorist. That's according, I, I'm double checking with uh, samurvey.com, and that's who he, he put down as the.
2: Bill Oakley is actually, okay. actually the, uh, a name shared with the uh, season 7 and 8 showrunner of The Simpsons.
0: Nice. And then, of, of course, uh, Bobby Yolinski Bobby was the editor-in-chief. Um, now, <laughs> okay, there is two versions of this cover, and I have to comment on this. If you go to com and, and, and find the amazing show on Spider, uh, I'll even probably provide a link for you on spider dudecom but when you look at the cover, basically there's two different versions. One's the newsstand, and one's not. Basically, one's slightly more, uh, slightly more muted in terms of its colors, and the others are a little more brighter. Yeah, it's it's really pretty horrendous here. I'll I'll post a link in the chat window for you, Don. But yeah, it's really not. It's really there's virtually no difference. I'm like, really, really, this is a variant. This this doesn't this is like being lazy even on top of, of, of variants being lazy it's it's, it's it's astonishing to me. Anyway, it's astonishingly
3: bad. Well, yeah. no, no. Like, well, it's not so much the color. The difference is that the uh, the effect of the actual lighting of her joysticks is different on it because the, like the version I'm looking at is the non. Enhanced one. I don't know what you would call it. Where it just looks like somebody—it looks like somebody just took a purple crayon and just, it just screwed up all the cover by just scribbling all over it. Whereas the oh, other, wow. the new stand version or whatever or whatever the variant version is, you can actually see like a glow effect where the actual sticks are supposed to be, so that you can yeah. tell she's swinging it around and that the, the purplish
0: pink stuff is supposed to be the light trail from it. Okay. Yeah, it's not like a giant glob. Okay, that makes that makes more sense now that I'm.
3: The, the giant glob I mean, version does look very terrible, by the way.
0: It looks like yeah, a different like,
3: milestone, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, uh, come on, uh, give milestone a little more credit than that. And uh, it, I yeah, would,
0: if I if I, had, if I had scrolled down a little bit more, I would have set, saw the little uh, the little note next to the newsstand variant cover. Look at joysticks, joysticks, quote unquote. That's what that's what Sam Ruby says oh dear I was looking at her anyway.
3: joystick throughout the whole story
0: oh my being... god All right, so... I don't even know what that means I'll shut up now So what's okay built? so here we go here's the recap of ass number two <laughs> I'm not believing that out alright so we start off in Paris where these cities are full of light and love a man sipping his, sipping his coffee is uh, greeted by joystick in her civilian garb she uh, brings by a trophy to the referee. For what is the trophy? Well, you ask. It's a it's a mask. It's the skull spiders spiders. Huh, no, just kidding. That would be actually more interesting if it was. However, no, it's L L Toro Negro. Black bull. Yeah, the black bull. Which I, I just no. Why? Why do we put no? Anyway, he offers his congratulations, and she gets a cash cash payment. The referee whose mustache went from being pencil-thin to suddenly full bushy mustache then gives her her next assignment, a Scarlet Spider picture that looks straight out of Amazing 151 when Mark Bagley first started the title. (laughs) Anyway, she comments that she she wished it would have been someone else more challenging like Spider-Man. All right, so uh, to kind of paraphrase this, this is the setup for the great game. What's the great game you ask? It's a game where everyone dies. No, this isn't actually Avengers Arena. No, no, no. This is uh, Mortal Kombat with superheroes. Something that DC would not steal later, by the way. <laughs> Just saying.
1: And this this goes on till the end of the Clone Saga.
0: I know, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, this is this is going to be this is a very important issue. This is the introduction of the Great Game. I don't know why I'm doing it in that voice, but anyway. She's assigned to take out the Skrull Spider, and she's mad because it's not Spider-Man. We then cut to Skrull Spider taking out some thugs before he goes to work at Club Noir. But before he does that, we have to get the obligatory appearance of Carrie Bradley, the enchanting, alluring Carrie Bradley. And I have to... Josh mentioned this last episode, but I have to kind of mention some of these thought balloons, because, like... She's like, oh, hey, Ben, just thinking about you, and you're and wondering why a go getter like me is waste time on a, on a scruffy, career deficient, date breaking dog. Uh, look, I feel bad about bragging, bagging on you the other night. Take a pity on a wayward lad and allow me to make amends. Well, uh, okay, this is your last chance, Buster because we know how this is going to end guys. I mean, Carrie Bradley that that very important love interest in Ben Riley's life, right? I mean, right? Okay. Well, what was we saying? Anyway,
1: ben ben Riley had more love interests like in his time than Peter had between like uh <laughs> Amazing Fantasy 15 and The Marriage.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. I was thinking about this the other day. That would have been a good uh question like if you were doing Spider Jeopardy. Stop. I'm sorry. I
1: will kill you. I
3: you
2: know what I want to see? I want
3: you know what I wanna see? I wanna see Carrie Bradley and uh Gabrielle Greer have a cat fight. I
0: think they need to show up at some point and fight over yeah. Ben. We talk about we're about you know, more love interest, right? We have we have Rachel, the uh waitress. That's not makes sure her obligatory Jane. <laughs> Yeah right. It's also you're Mary- <laughs> oh my god I never even noticed. Dude, look that. <laughs> at
1: that first panel. That's that's Ultimate Mary Jane.
0: <laughs> oh my god. I'm, <coughs> oh, I'm uh, choking. Um,
1: <laughs> that's like the scene where <laughs> I'm bleeding.
0: <laughs> right. So Ultimate Mary Jane walks up, AKA Rachel, the waitress that showed up in the previous month's board of the books, and she's she's doing her obligatory flirting with Ben. <laughs> And she's talking about how she's, she's uh, dropped in for her last check and a few goodbyes. Because remember in the last story when, you know, the drink just wasn't quite right and she got it thrown in her face and she ran away crying? Yeah, she quit. Like, a like you know, a reasonable person would if, you know, with Mr. So. But remember, we have to have this false drama. She basically uh, tells Ben, hey, dude, seriously, you need to get the hell out of here. And Ben's like, I should. Maybe. Anyway... We then go cut to Freakazoid, right? aka Seaweed Trainer, doing his doing his best tour through cyberspace, and like there's there's no way of describing one of these like the third panel on the on that page where he's like I guess embedding himself into like into like the cybernetic enhancements. Like, it makes no sense. Like, it looks like he's trying to eat the Cyberman enhancements because of the way it's drawn. It just doesn't make any sense to me, and I know I'm spending way too long on that one panel, but it just bugs me. Cut to Lady Ox, still pissed off about the Scrawl Spider, even though he really didn't have anything to do with last issue's events. We then have the Master Programmer going out and, and searching for the alluring, stunning Stunner. She's kind of, um, confused as to how she got there, but the Master Programmer assures her that, well, he's a friend, and she trusts him, even though he has no idea what he is, or in, like, incredibly highly digitized, really blob crap. Anyway, so uh, then we have the obligatory subplot of Mr. of Agent Joe, Mr. Joe Wade. Agent Joe Wade, because that's going to pay off next month, you know, in a really, really epically awesome way. Not really. Remember that story we were mentioning that we didn't want to cover? It's that one. Oh. Anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah, There's way too many There's...
1: subplots in this. There's, like, Rachel the Waitress, you know, Ben and his date with the Go-Getter, you know, the cyber war between Smythe and So. Um, you and know,
0: then you have Stunner making her yeah, obligatory appearance yeah, in cyberspace. Yeah, Stunner,
1: and then, like, you know, this FBI intrigue, and, and, like, see, we're trapped in cyberspace. It's like, this is, this is too much. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right, and then you know, uh, then because you know the Clone Saga does not have enough Canellis. Uh, we have we have Mister So getting very angry over the fact that uh, the, the Daily Bugle has uh, um, connected him to organized crime because he's actually an organized crime boss. You know, because he doesn't even have a freaking parking ticket. Remember, and then we have the internal conflict with uh, Richard Marks, aka Peter Park, or aka Peter Parker, aka Ben Riley. I'm sorry, the way that he's drawn in that particular page it just makes me think of Richard Mark circa 1987. Mr. So tells Riley that he needs to go take care of Kanellis immediately. You know, or else. And then, of course, we have the fake conflict with, you know, Ben Riley looking just like Peter Parker and, and he's going to be mistaken for it and he's going to go go to see Kinellis, and it's just going to be a bad situation and, uh is this going to be paid off later? Yes. Anyway, so...
1: This happens uh, to Ben like 30 times before he does something about it.
0: No, uh, <laughs> oh, that's what I that's what I'm referencing too. That's what I'm trying to that's what I'm trying to get across. But thank you for putting it so much more eloquently than I. Uh anyway, so uh joystick with her with her battle van, aka nineties Punisher style, um is is told that his name is Ken Ellis and Ellis is the only is the only one that talks about the scrawled spiders, apparently. So we then have our obligatory crossover. I'm using obligatory a lot and I feel bad for it. I was just about to do yeah, like, in
1: the black in the, in
0: the, the, there's, the there's a lot of obligation in this comic. <laughs> yeah, well it got it's gotta pay off for the next book we're gonna cover. So you're all so, uh, that <laughs> Oh god, I need a thesaurus.
1: <laughs> like just like the that is your second Thesaurus too. Okay, like <laughs>
0: okay. Anyway, so joystick then shows up randomly inside of the Daily Bugle newsroom without like anybody noticing what what's this attractive chick doing here. Except for the fact that Phil Urich, before he went crazy, actually does notice her and, and tries to start strike up a conversation with her, but ultimately strikes out. She's looking for Ken and tells Phil to give her card that has the number to her hotel room. Ellis shows up, which Ellis really doesn't look like Ellis. Like, uh, the way he's drawn here just doesn't, he doesn't even look like Ken Ellis throughout this book. So, uh, Yurik then tells him some fake place where he's, where, uh, with a, a tip for something else, uh, where the goblin's hanging out, which, because Phil Yurik is actually the good goblin for those of you that don't know, so Ellis takes off. Riley shows up with the Orlando, the Fu Manchu, um, not pointy bald associate, and Ben then puts on a hat and glasses, trying to trying to pass off as as uh, as not Peter Parker. But ultimately, for some reason, he puts on the hat in one panel and then suddenly in the next panel doesn't have the hat on. We have a cameo by Mister J Jonah Jameson, who thinks wasn't that young man looking just like Peter Parker? Yuck, yuck, yuck. Yeah, that's how it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> so Joystick and, and the Green Goblin then both begin to suit up, and Riley then follows Ellis to the point where, to the point where Yurik told him he, that he needed, just needed to stick out. Well, so Ben apparently is, you know, full battle ready to go, and he's, sticking on the side of the building just basically staring at, at Ellis when joy stick finally makes her appearance in full costume she congratulates him for being a selected as a contestant on the, on the in the great game Ellis thinking that he has hit the mother load thinking about a full Pulitzer prize immediately rushes into action only to get saved by the good goblin yeah so he throws him into a water tower. Because that really worked out well for Spider-Man back in issue two. Of Amazing.
1: Well, and this is wait. issue two of
0: Scarlet. Oh. oh! Wait, I just now thought that, uh, that. I didn't even think about that until after I said it. Uh, <laughs> ben and Joystick are fighting. It's a pretty good ha- you know, knockout-dragout fight. When the Goblin then shows up to help out, she is told to back off because he's supposed to ha- have the uh, time to assimilate the situation and prepare a defense. So this is basically prelims for the for the fight later on, right? So she makes her disappearance nineteen uh, nineties cartoon, sh- the nineteen 19- the ninety show Mysterio style, where she basically escapes in a flash of light. Just ben starts follow to come the
1: Yellow brick road. To.
0: Right. Uh, <laughs> ben starts to come to and. and Ben and the Goblin have a heart-to-heart when he f- suddenly realizes, oh, that he's dead. Dead, dead, dead. Yes, he just remembered that he's late for a very important date. Yes, of course, sh- <laughs> Gary Bradley is looking incredibly alluring with a skirt that literally covers just barely a hoo-ha. Could you use any other word? <laughs> well, that's Tom the Falco's favorite phrase, hoo-ha. That's it's a, a, word, a, it's a <laughs> it's 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 a, a homage to Tom DeFalco. So basically, she says he's dead, dead, dead in big le- giant letters. Ben then shows up disheveled and in, in, in clothes that really don't fit what <laughs> Carrie is is wearing. And so. You know, he apologizes for being late and didn't keep her waiting for so long. He's like, careful, Carrie. It almost sounds like you're ready to dump me. And she's like, that's a pretty fair understatement. When did they, did they start dating? I know they, Josh brought they, this up. They're
1: not dating. That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, that's what I thought. I remember you bringing this up two episodes ago. Like, seriously. It is they're th- not dating, but but they're breaking up. I'm out.
1: breaking up with you. Do you know why, chicken thigh? You don't take me seriously. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, and then like okay, she talks about No one but Don. Uh, I don't even
1: know
0: if Don got it. You know, okay, so, you know, he, Ben's about to die via Carrie Bradley, right? Instead she, she, she instead of, you know, taking out her anger on on Ben <laughs> Riley, she takes it out on a poor guy that tries to steal a purse right behind him by like trying to take his head off. It's awesome. Because we have to be reminded that she, you know, teaches a class in self-defense. Because we've only been reminded of that 15 times last month. Carrie basically tells him, dude, you know, crap or get off the pot. You know, get your life together. Make some decisions. And Ben honestly doesn't know what to say. And Carrie Bradley then walks out of Ben's life forever. No, no, she's back later this
1: month.
0: Is she really back later this month? Yeah,
1: she's like Ben. My hair changed, and your apartment burnt down.
0: Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> I forgot. I forgot. I, I totally glossed over that fact. So we'll never see her again. Not really. I was gonna. I, I actually put my notes. Boo hoo. But sadly, we are not actually given time to properly grieve this loss because I actually thought this was our last one because there is one more page. Remember that that dude that was teased in the beginning, El Toro Negro. Well, he shows up with a vengeance. <laughs> Joystick will die and all who oppose me. And then we're told, hey, be back here for actual Amazing Spider-Man books, because, uh, yeah, you know, <coughs> this wasn't a marketing ploy. So, uh, you know, we'll see that next month with an, an actual Amazing Spider-Man comic. So, guys, let's go around the horn for our thoughts. Let's start with Josh.
1: Mark Bagliard always makes everything better, and that makes this a uh, C- minus as opposed to an F. That and the fact that the story was, like, somewhat tolerable. Um, It's really weird seeing Bagley art, like, you know, after seeing Ultimate for all these years, because everyone looks like an Ultimate Spider-Man character for me, because of how stylized everything is. I thought that the relationship stuff was just weird. Like, it sounds like you're dumping me. I am. It's like, isn't this supposed to be your first date? And, like, it hasn't even happened yet. So I thought that that was weird. Um, And... <laughs> Otherwise I don't really have a lot to say about the rest of the story. You know, it was it was a little more tolerable and you know, there was less of the cyber stuff. Um I mean, I'm looking around at these pages. I I, I was never really that into the great game and I, I, I like the way that Bad Wee draws the Green Goblin too. Um because the Scott yeah, Mac- he was... I love Scott McDaniel, but like some of his art on that book was like a little hard to follow. As we'll discuss. Yeah, we'll,
0: yeah, we'll see so, I mean c certain. Yeah, there is so many... I mean, you mentioned how many subplots there are. I mean, you've got all this all this relationship shenanigans, and then, you know, like... I was sitting there thinking about this the other day. I'm like, how many people... Do, how many love interests are there with the Ben Reilly era and Spider-Man? And we have... And I was thinking about that. I'm like, okay, you have Janine. You have... Um, Janine. Oh, yeah, uh, wh- okay, yeah.
1: yeah. If, you, if, you're go, go, if you're going listen. in order, Betty Brandt um, and that Craven storyline at the beginning
0: yeah I was, I was I was going in I was going in chronological order
1: okay and um um Gabriel Greer
0: yeah Gabriel Greer and uh, Betty Brandt um uh okay so then
1: Janine and Janine um okay so then you know these two girls Rachel and um what's her name uh, <laughs> Carrie yeah Carrie and then um Desiree
0: Desiree and Jessica
1: and Jessica so there's so there's eight where are you getting it I just got seven
0: they, oh, I thought there was another one.
1: Well, hold, 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 hold on. I, I might have miscounted. I'm, I'm saying, like, how are you getting eight? Okay, Betty, Gabriel, two two chicks from this book, Janine, yeah. Desiree, and Jessica. That's seven, right?
0: No, that's, uh, that's seven. Yeah, you're right. Okay,
1: so seven. Okay, and then before the marriage, Peter had, you know, Betty and Liz, Gwen, <laughs> Gwen and MJ, um, Felicia... Deborah. Um, Sissy, Sissy Ironwood, and Deborah, So they're actually kind of um, they're competing. Think, and they say what?
0: It's a competition. Say what? They're, 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 it's a competition. They're in competition with each other. But yeah, when you when you mentioned the uh, ultimate Mary Jane, that was that was hilarious because that was that was wow, that was so on the nose.
1: Uh, yeah, especially in that first panel.
0: You know, we, and we kind of talked about you know the, the long luscious locks of Ben Riley and looking like a Lorenzo Lamas. It's a little bit more in control here, but he just looks like Peter Parker. It really, doesn't. well,
2: you know, I'm not going to say Ben looks too much like Peter in this because would you believe
0: the clones? <laughs> I know, right but but there's there's if if you didn't have any idea, they're like, why why would you be wearing this girl with spider outfit? Why is why is why does this look like Peter? Yeah, some people might get confused, you know, because they didn't they didn't follow it from the first season. Sorry. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I did that for I did that for Josh.
1: I hate you. I mean, what? <laughs>
0: well, there's a lot of hate with me right now. Uh, I, I, feel I like love that. you, Zach. Well, thanks, Don. Bro, hug.
2: <laughs> for five minutes,
0: though. We'll see where it goes. No, okay, so so Donovan, so this is a C minus from you, Josh. You have any? Did you have any more thoughts?
1: Um, I'm
0: good. <laughs> Donovan, give us your thoughts, please.
2: Uh, I'm with Josh. Uh, total agreement. Badly really saves this issue. I, I forget if uh, Malstead inks him in the last few Scarlet issues, I know he's, he was his regular inker around the um, JMD Mateus run of Amazing, but like, I thought, because I think that like, Badly's art has been kind of hindered in the past few issues of uh, this era, but I think that here, it was, it was really back to form. I think it really, really shined to the point where like, I mean, this made it tolerable. I, was, I wasn't I was really angry and um, I, I have a question. This is, this is a total uh,
0: objective question. How old is um, Phil York supposed to be around this time? <laughs> I, He's supposed to be like like what, his twenties? Like nineteen twenty?
1: I don't remember it's been a while since I've read his series, but like he was enough he like was living by himself, so I figured he was like older than, you know, eight. Like he, he was at least a high school graduate. But um I mean I, I wouldn't put him like any older than, you know, twenty two.
2: Right. Well, I think it's kind of cool because like he 's drawn to be particularly thinner than a lot of the other people, which kind of impacts like he can kind of like use that to judge his age and like he has a different body type than everybody else he's a different like bone structure and that's that 's the thing that I really love from Mark Bas is because he takes the time to kind of think about those kind of things. I think Scarlet looks yeah. awesome i you know joystick she 's not going to be winning anybody 's favorite you know like, like like new breakout character of the year, but like I didn't I didn't dislike her as much as I was expecting to, to be honest. I think her personality is at least, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's the whole Mortal Kombat thing is re- stupid ridiculous. It's really dumb. Right. But I think because because they are going with that, she kind of their character is kind of in it full, you know, whole hog. And her costume is you know, it's it's a little genchy. and like I kind of like I kind of find the baggy arms and the tight fitting uh, costume and like the really big hair. I find it visually interesting. I think it's because I'm first seeing it with Bagley, so he makes it a lot better than it probably is. But um, yeah. he honestly, he really does make this issue enjoyable for me. I'll, I'll give it a C because, like, because the artwork tells a story more than the actual dialogue does. I right. this this was the issue that I I, I uh, tolerated the most, and I, I don't want to say I enjoyed it, but like I, I I felt I didn't feel any negative emotions while reading. it. And it that's because like this cyber war thing sucks.
0: Like this is the one that has the least amount of Cyber War stuff I noticed. Yes, and so, yeah. So I, I think that that's what it's going to probably give everybody a higher grade on this one. But Gerard, what's your thoughts on the on ass on two electric battle Gobo? I,
3: I kind of agree with everybody else. It was mostly just sort of tolerable. I didn't I didn't mind this this issue. Um, of course, it helps that it was drawn by Bagley, as everybody has said, because God is he a great artist. Um, uh, uh, I can even tolerate the coloring, kind of, in this one. Not really, but <laughs> kind of. Uh, the It has a silly plot that just sort of, like, sidetracks from the the whole Cyber War story. is isn't necessarily a bad thing, because the less we get about Cyber War, the better. But, um, like, I don't know, this whole great game the thing is, kind of, is, of course, a pretty pretty dumb. Well, okay, let me let me step back. It's not a whole really terrible idea, it's just a badly executed one. Cuz like you can do this in a way that works, I think. They just didn't do it here because it's the clones, so of course it sucks. But um it was, it's mostly just set up for I think or at least it read that way to me for that Green Goblin issue, which I guess we'll talk about next. It, which seems very strange that I mean they share a writer, of course, so that's one of the reasons why they dovetail so much, because DeFalco were both, but it's a little strange to see a, 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 a ma- an issue of The Amazing Spider-Man just sort of get sidetracked from the story to set up something else, but... Yeah. I don't know, I, I don't really have... Sort of like those, uh, those neutral guys from Futurama, I really have no strong feelings one way or the other about this issue, so... I, I'll, I'll give it about a C plus, the plus being for Bagley, I think. Although... <laughs> Alright, one thing I do have to point out, though, and I'm sure this is not going to make it the episode, but when uh, the master programmer or whatever shows up and he's all pixelated out, I'm sitting there thinking, why, why is he, why why would they pixelate him? Couldn't they just obscure him some other way? And then, of course, I just started laughing uproariously because I, I just thought, Oh my god, it all makes sense. He, he's he's a he's a monster. <laughs> so they had to uh, pixelate him out. Oh no! Come on, well, just look at that page and tell me you I don't know. see it now. I,
0: it's like it's I, like that.
3: Uh, it's like that oil slick. Was his armist from the first season of Star Trek: The Next Generation? Put the white
0: version of it. Oh, yeah yeah that's true and that was one of that was one part of the art I really didn't understand why like, why is the, why is he suddenly looking like this? He isn't drawn this way at any other point in the freaking clones like well, in order to pass the comics code, they had the pixel in it.
3: but yeah, yeah, yeah I, is he
0: make it like it's like like is it like is, is it like a reference to like all the nudie pictures that used to be downloaded on the internet? well, still is downloaded on the internet later <laughs> what <laughs> yeah. It, it, well, at fifty-six k mo- with fifty-six k modems, and you know,
3: <laughs> it would be all pixelated. It's a, it,
0: it, it, would, it would be like all pixelated, and it'd take like seven hours to download one, you know, JPEG.
3: Zach, I don't know what you're talking about.
0: No, I've never used the internet for that reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, all right. Thanks, Gerard. I'm gonna give this a C as well. This is not a bad issue, and like I've kind of interspliced with all the other uh, thoughts. This is also the one that has the least amount of Cyber War stuff, so therefore, all the ridiculous plot points are kind of, you know, diminished to only a couple of pages. And Joystick's okay; she's, you know, she's a, a different character. Uh, I got to give Tom DeFalco credit because I think he's he's. They've, there's really a concentrated effort throughout the Clone Saga to introduce female uh, villains that, you know, they attempt to make him make it formidable for for a you know, Scarlet Spider or later Spider-Man to fight. So I got to give him credit for that. But, um, none of the lady Ox stuff is interesting. Why is, why is SeaWorld Trainer Freakazoid? I I don't, I don't understand it. Um, I just don't. So we kind of mentioned that our, our thoughts are going to kind of be largely the same throughout all these, all these issues, but it just really doesn't, doesn't do well for me. Um, Bagley's artwork is really great. The only thing that kind of bugged me was Canalis. For some reason, it just didn't feel like Canalis was drawn correctly. I'm not saying it was correct, but it just didn't feel like Canalis to me. I don't know. He looked like just a generic dude, bro. So, um, other than that, that's my that's my and the uh, awful pixelating of, of the master programmer uh, are my two complaints about the artwork. Otherwise, it was pretty good. Uh, we we talked when we were talking about this in the in the run up to this episode. There is an issue of Green Goblin that is actually tied into Cyber War, and we're going to talk about it on this episode. Originally, we didn't include it because I didn't even think about it. I was just going to mention that, hey, you know, if you want to see more with it, El Toro Negro and Joystick and Green Goblin and spider Scroll Spider, go go read Green Goblin number three. But uh, Josh happened to have it. And, and uh, all right, so here we go. Green Goblin number three. Don, you got this one. All right, I'm going to do my damnedest. I've never read a Green Goblin issue before. No.
2: Taught in the spider's web. This is... <laughs> Ugh. This issue begins with uh, our protagonist from the past, Phil, completely fantasizing about the super he met in the last issue, or his last appearance, which was Amazing Scar of Spider number two, joystick. He's imagining her and her, you know, in b- bikini and panties and stuff, doing these poses. I said, let me read this dialogue because it is so bad. Oh man! I must be the world's biggest dork! Rico, the neighborhood psycho, was out prowling the streets for me. He's determined to pound my head. Oh, worse! Me, I couldn't care less. All I can think about is the major babe I recently met. She's mint, sexy, and all that. Fortunately, she's also one of the superpowered costume mamas you'd expect to see on hard copy. You see, my name's Phil York. I'm the Green Goblin. And I've got joystick on my. Stay for this.
0: That's some pretty horrendous dialogue, isn't Caption boxes.
2: It, uh, it's okay. So um, Yurik basically thinks to himself about how much he, he's horny for um, joysticks. <laughs> uh, she, she gives him a joystick, derper, derper. He'd like to have her. Oh, and then like he, he basically flashbacks to the last fight scene she had with him and Scar Spider. He becomes the Green Goblin and decides to run into her, so she, you know be active in their so-and-so-called so relationship. Because uh, he knows that in her civilian identity, she came by the Daily Beagle looking for Uncle Ben, or his uncle Ben, or no, no, Ken, I'm sorry, Ken Ellis, and um, slipped her hotel room number. Uh, gave gave her his card, gave him her card. So as the Green Goblin, he's going he's going to the hotel to find her. Finds a couple of kids, and uh, they stupidly let him in. Uh, she's booby trapped the room.
1: Really, uh, Batman fan that you are, you don't. You, that's all you have to say about that scene.
2: <laughs> yes, <laughs>
1: uh,
2: I, I honestly don't see any connection. Oh, 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 oh! oh really? Yeah, they, 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 they do think he's Batman.
1: The kids are watching Batman on TV, and he says that gives me an idea.
2: Yeah, so he's even though it's daytime outside, he's held, he's he's in silhouette and shadow, even though it's daytime outside. In fact, like the, the sky's bright blue. Anyway, so yeah, yeah, Batman, Nightwing, Scott, Scott McDaniel, it's all there. Um, so as I said before, her her uh, room is rigged with a bomb or a gas bomb or whatever, and um, you're. A, easily falls for it and explosion goes off so security bursts through the door and goblin escapes. But he says that um he's he's going to meet the Scar Spider to kind of mull over their options and uh there was a note left for Scarlet Spider by Joystick saying, Meet me at the power station or people will die. Joystick and she dots her eyes with a with a heart like a lot of my, my uh female classmates did when I was in grade school in the nineties. After a scene where we see basically her and her what, what's her what's her um contact's name does he have a name for the great game?
0: just the monitor yeah <laughs> no <to, laughs> mon- not to be confused, not to be confused with the anti monitor or the actual monitor from d c Comics. she's working for the anti monitor to bring back a new Christ
2: um, <laughs> they're talking about like how how uh uh l uh, Toro Negro is... They're talking about how that battle happened in the past and how he might not be so nice next time. But she says she doesn't care. She wants to get uh, get Scarlet done once and for all. And we see a scene of uh, El Toro Negro, you know, scheming his vengeance. Goblin and Scarlet meet up, and Ben yells at him for, you know, basically trying to pursue Joyce saying she's a psychopath. She doesn't care about human lives. Morality, man! And um, the goblin decides to go along with him, but he, in his mind, says, I gotta gotta agree with him, otherwise, you know, he might mess things up for me. So he runs into Joystick, she attacks him and says, get out of the way, I'm trying to destroy Scar Spider, that's part of the great game, this Mortal Kombat game. All of a sudden, El Toro Negro comes out of nowhere, (laughs) looking roided out, saying, the woman is mine, she must die at the hands of El Toro Negro. And so it essentially becomes a... uh, Two on one battle. He tries to kill joystick. Goblin tries to protect joystick, and he eventually uh, is beaten up to the point where he resorts to using his deadly lunatic laugh. At that point, Ben comes back in the fight and starts to, to attack El Toro Negro. Explosions fly. Big big fight scene, and uh, in in the fray, uh, joystick is, is, she, is she knocked out? She's she's uh, knocked out by El Toro Negro and Goblin. Like you know, basically grabs her and g- gets her out of the way. So she says, oh, you deserve a kiss for this, and she says to take his mask off, but he says, I think I better leave my mask on, because he kind of, like, was taken aback by how seemingly immoral she was. So he, so he, said, he thinks maybe she's not that cool with a chick after all. Uh, Scarlet, after the fight, Scarlet Webb's Goblin up and saying, where's your head, man? Where's your sense of, looks to the left, looks to the right, RESPONSIBILITY! Bag that noise, whereas I don't want to hear it. Crime busting hero gig, not mine. So he basically flies away saying, I'm, I'm all in it for the last, man. I'm strictly looking for the jollies. But he doesn't believe in his own words. So at his own house, he rips off his costume and wonders why he is still the Green Goblin. He's not really in for the hero gig. When all of a sudden, Rico shows up and jacks him up against the brick wall. Next, the Hobgoblin. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
3: He must so, be really—he uh, must be really pissed because he was probably going to go rub one out, and stupid Rico interrupted him
1: <laughs> outside of the brick yeah. wall. <laughs>
3: hey, look, man! What he does is his business. Well, I I, think I, I the, thought he the, was
1: in his apartment.
3: Yeah,
0: he's in his apartment. That's yeah, what his unfinished. apartment
1: looks like in the title. It was like yeah. it was this big like loft.
0: So it had an unfinished wall.
1: Yeah, I mean he's stripping so.
2: Dude, 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 dude,
1: Although yeah, Sorry. it does kind of look like he's in the Actually, it's hard to tell. Yeah, maybe he's yeah. outside. Huh, this, you know. this is weird, McDaniel.
0: All right, so uh, Donovan, give us your thoughts since you gave us a recap. Well, this is my first uh, Green
2: Goblin issue that I've read from the '90s, and I, I, you guys have spoken. I know Josh has spoken highly about this, this comic. Um. I didn't think it was bad. I didn't think it was all, all that great. And I, I would say that like it's, I've questioned having a character like Phil York, who was who had a hero title on his own, become like the kind of the killer supervillain he is now in Superior Spider-Man. So I've always questioned whether that was in character or, or to dance not just manipulate that character for his own ends. But having read, read this issue, I can kind of see now a lot more how he could have gone from this to being the Hobgoblin later on because. He's, the, he's a douche. Yeah, he's not. He's not really like a, a dumb teenager. He's just kind of like a, a really kind of brainless guy who just happened to have yeah. a costume. So it's an it's an interesting character to kind of follow in this in this aspect. Um, so like that that alone kind of carried the interest for me. There was there was a lot of dialogue, a lot of inner monologue, but like it felt not more natural than these issues usually have been. So that was kind of the kind of thing. McDaniel's artwork, I, I like McDaniel especially back in the 90s, but I think, again, the coloring kind of, you know, hampers it. He had a better inker and color when he was on Nightwing, so I think that, like, his, art was, yeah. his artwork is a bit more hit or miss in this issue. I, I, I honestly do believe that that's uh, owed to the uh, inker and colorist rather than his pencils itself.
0: I, I absolutely agree. I was a huge fan of McDaniel's when he was on Nightwing. Oh, yeah. I think I had, like, the first eight or nine issues of that and just loved it. I, I reread it uh, a few months ago. It was, it
2: was terrific. Um, the story itself again, like we have more of the great game stuff, which it's another one of the things where they want us to. It feels that like they want us to take ser- more seriously than we can. It's blatantly it's, It really, really feels that like Mortal Kombat's popular. Let's put it in our Spider-Man comic, which already has twenty subplots. And I, I'm not. Try- I'm yeah. not trying to make a, a pity joke. I mean, it, it feels like they want to do Mortal Kombat, like like, like you no no extra pl- a, a new challenger has arisen like that kind of stuff. It's just. For all this victory, <laughs> I love all combat, but uh, it feels it feels so of its time in a bad way. It feels so yeah. like they are pandering to an audience which doesn't read comic books with this story, and that's that's annoying. Again, I, I do kind of like uh, the character joystick because she is so into this. So that, that's and I, I like Scarlet Spider kind of yelling at the goblins. So.
0: Where's your sense of responsibility? That was great. I don't
2: know, <laughs> I think that word's been used way too often. But that's just uh, me. But um, this, is, this is okay. I think I'll give. I think we'll give it like a C plus because it, it, it's at least connected to the cyber war, and that's always a good thing,
0: right? Now, the reason why we're doing this issue is one, it's related to the to the amazing issue, but two, if you're reading this in the trades they stick this issue in the middle of Cyber War. Like, it's, like, stuck right square in the middle, so it's like a meanwhile-over-here um, type, type story. I, I get why they did it, but it just it kind of detracts from the rest of which, granted, there's not, maybe not necessarily a great flow to Cyber War, but be that as may. Uh, Josh, what's your thoughts? I
1: loved the Green Goblin title when I got it all in back-issue bins years ago. Um, the thing about Phil Yurk is that like he was a flawed hero. He would like turn tail from a fight and he would do things for stupid reasons. So he was he was fun to read about, you know. He does have to stop telling himself that he's such a dork cuz that does kind of get annoying. But I mean, you know, this is Gerard said earlier that like this reminds him of Spider-Girl and you could see like shades of uh, like the Spider-Girl format of book here and it it was a fun he's book to He's
0: such a significant player in that, too. I think a lot where people, you know, think of Phil Yurik as being or just, just this good guy is, is really heavily influenced from the Spider-Girl title. Yeah. Sorry, yeah.
1: Oh, no, it's okay. It's I, I, I really enjoyed this series, like, and I even reread some of it earlier this year, too. Like, the, the stuff where he's, you know, helping Liz Allen and Little Normie, and you know, for somehow he knows the history of the Hobgoblins. It was, it was a good series that ended all too soon, and like Don said, I can see, like, this guy becoming, you know, the guy who's in the comics now, because you know, he is very morally gray, um, so the McDaniel art it, as not as good as it later becomes when he's doing Nightwing. It has its charm here, but I give this, you know, a B plus. I mean, the okay. if, 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 with better art and like a storyline that wasn't the great game, this would have been better.
0: <laughs> so everything about the issue.
1: Well, Just, but, but, but yeah. the, write, the writing of Phil and like you know the you know that type of stuff and. Yeah, that, that's what made that's what made this mostly good for me. And even Bad McDaniel is still McDaniel. Right.
3: Jordan? Um, the best thing about this issue is the same thing that's the worst thing about this issue, which is that it has nothing to do with Cyber War. On the one <laughs> hand, it's weird that they threw it that, well, the trade throws it in the middle. They don't actually even identify this as, like, a crossover, anything like that. So you can read Cyber War without reading this. But, I appreciate it, at least that it's sort of a, a break from the way we sort of read it here in the middle is a break from the the insanity of cyber war, and I think yeah. co- I think consequently it made me enjoy this issue a lot more because I don't know it's just a little battle story with a, a weird sort of twist POV because it's basically a, a strangely lovesick teenager <laughs> that's like I, I don't even know how to describe it it's something a little it's a little weird and the, frankly. Something a little weird is okay with me in a story like this because, God, it doesn't it's, it's nothing to do with cybernetic projections on the internet. I, I want to read that right now. Um, <laughs> the artwork's yeah. a little hard to follow at times, like especially during the battle sequences, and that made it a little. Bit of a slog, but otherwise, and and like I said, the whole like calling himself a dork thing was kind of annoying. But by and large, I actually was very entertained by this. I I, I actually kind of enjoyed it. I, I think it's the one that I got the most out of this month, which is I don't think is all that surprising because it's not a Scarlet Spider book. But yeah, I would say this is about a B. It's not it's not bad. I would I would actually I kind of like this one. Um, it, it does have the weird. I, I can admit it's by strangely the back of my mind connecting it to Spider Girl. I think influences that a little bit, but I just have
0: to throw that out there as a matter of disclosure, I guess. Well, there you go. I get it, you know. I, uh, you know, this Defalco is just so good at, at, you know, connecting things. He's he's that's that's one of his big big skills. Now it's not always effective. Now, obviously, we this month we've highlighted that when. He has ridiculous deadlines, and and somebody wants to lose their love. Um, sorry, I just had to reference the song. Um, but when he when he connects things together, it just really I, that's what I feel like about the story. I, I like that he took a little, you know, basically a a bunch of the plot from Amazing and, and bled it over into in the Green Goblin. So you kind of get that payoff. I do like the fact that they did put that in the trade this way. In that regard, it just it kind of detracts from. You kind of want to get through Cyber War and kind of slog through it. It, to me, it kind of feels like an epilogue to cyber War because I don't know if this takes place during that same time, or I, I guess because they put it in the trade this way, I guess it takes place during that whole storyline, so...
3: It's also weird um, It's also weird that it was never identified as a sort of
0: tie-in to
3: Cyborg. You know what I mean? Like, the Unlimited Issues would just be like, you know, Mark of Cain, Part X, even though it had nothing to do with the story yeah with with Kane you know jumping out with the that costume, <laughs> yeah, like they didn't do that with this, so it almost sort of yeah, ignores this book, but at the same time if you if you'd read if you read a uh, uh amazing Scarlet Spider number two and then you didn't read this story, you don't really get the payoff to the end of that issue, you know what I mean,
0: right, right, so it almost I feels mean, like
3: they would have been justified calling this cyber war part three except that
0: this is the one time that they chose not to. Right. And, well, and, and the funny thing is is you could look at it two ways. You could look at it that it was being referenced in this this issue of Green Goblin, but you can also look at it that it kind of, sort of paid off with with, uh, with the Return of Spider-Man month with the uh, adjective of Spider-Man issue. Her name is Poison, because El Toro Negro was a heavily part of that, too. So, um, yeah, I mean, it just... Uh, so what would you get the... So you gave it a B? yeah. I B. I'm going to give it a B too. Uh, McDaniel's art is is like everybody said, kind of some sort of hard to follow at times. Uh, El Toro Negro looks like cra- a crazy psychopath in the.
2: Uh, in the fairness, he is.
0: Yeah, he is, but I mean, he just it looks even crazier than usual with with McDaniel's art. So it just kind of amplifies it. Um, there is a dynamic nature to it, and I would have. Uh, I love that image of when he like. When Scarlet comes in and kicks him straight in the face, that's a great Scarlet Spider image. Um, ultimately, though, I, you know, we, we kind of laugh dialogue a little bit because you read that out loud. They're done, but I think that it's not a great issue. And I think that for the points that Dot, or excuse me, that uh, Josh brought up, it really highlighted. If it had any other type of plot and, and <laughs> uh, not the, like not the great game, I think it would even been better. It was. A, it's a really good crossover because there's a subtlety to the crossover. It's not like in your face. Hey, sc- look at me, Scarlet Spider. It's more Scarlet Spider is part of the plot, but he's not you know essentially essential to the plot. Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh, I, in that regard, I think it's a good. I think, I think it's a good guest appearance. So I'm going to give it a B as well.
3: It, so. I thought it was a little weird though that it was basically just a, a, a side story about Phil Urich's masturbatory sex fantasies
0: about about Joystick
3: that was really right. that was really really odd and jarring
0: yeah well if and I forgot to mention this in my recap of amazing but there's a hey meet up and meet back up at midnight and so that's I guess that's the medium they were talking about oh so.
1: when he when he pulls Scarlet Spider close to them he says my place midnight
0: <laughs> yes so alright um
1: Batman okay, Forever
0: okay so we're at Batman Forever Nice. <laughs> I, yeah, I am. Um, so, oh yeah, I forgot. Okay, and so in the trade, we talked about st- sticking sp- stuff in places that randomly in the trade. I forgot. They have been stuck New Warriors 66 in the middle of this Cyber War storyline. I have no idea what's going on with this. I totally forgot about that. So yeah, if you're reading the trade, there's some random stuff stuck in the middle. But uh, that leads us into Cyber War Part 3, which should be actually Cyber War Part 4, but uh, adjectiveless out Spider. And you'll hear about that next episode. We're going to cut the show off right about there. We'll see you next time here on Clone Soccer Chronicles. But as a friendly reminder, you can leave us a voicemail at 818-925-6631. You can also leave us a email at clonesoccerchronicles at gmail.com or leave us an iTunes review. And if you like the show, be sure to tell us over on the Spider-Man Crawl Space message board. There is a section devoted to this show and the site as a whole, so you can... Have multiple different ways of reaching us. And be sure to like us on Facebook, spidey-dude.com, and the Clone Saga Chronicles podcast. So, we'll, with that, we'll see you next time here on Clone Saga Chronicles. By the way, when surfing the internet, be careful.
1: Just say- on the mark, get set. We're riding on the internet. Cyberspace, set free. Hello, virtual reality interactive appetite searching for a website a window to the world got to get online take a spin now you're in with the techno set you're going surfing on the internet